Chapter 15 of Birds and Their Nests. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Prajakta. Birds and Their Nests by Mary Howitt. The Spotted Flycatcher. This pretty little bird is also called the beam or pillar bird from the position which it chooses for its nest. Building mostly in gardens, it selects the projecting stone of a wall, the end of a beam or piece of wood, under a low roof or by a door or gateway, the nest being, however, generally screened and often made a perfect little bit of picturesque beauty by the leaves of some lovely creeping rose, woodbine or passion flower which grows there. This last summer, one of these familiar little birds, which though always seeming as if in a flutter of terror, must be fond of human society, built in a rustic veranda, overrun with Virginian creeper at the back of our house. According to her peculiar fancy, she built exactly in the doorway, though there were some yards of veranda on either hand, but here was the convenient ledge, forming an angle with the upright support. And here was placed, as in our picture, the small, somewhat flat nest, beautifully though slightly put together of dried grass and moss, lined with wool and hair. Here the mother bird laid her four or five greyish white eggs with their spots of rusty red, and here she reared her young. She had, however, it seemed to us, an uncomfortable time of it for Though we carefully avoided giving her needless disturbance, that we almost ceased to use the door, yet there was an unavoidable passing to and fro to which she never seemed to get accustomed, starting off her nest with a little flutter whenever we came in sight, nor although before she had finished sitting the quick-growing shoots of the Virginian creeper with its broadly expanding leaves, hid her nest so completely that had it not been for her own timidity, we need not have known of her presence. She never lost this peculiar trait of character. The nest which Mr. Harrison Weir has drawn is doubtless taken from life. I wish, however, he could have seen ours, only about ten feet from the ground, a little dome of love, embowered amongst young shoots, vine-like leaves and tendrils, a perfectly ideal nest in which our friend, who has as keen a sense of natural beauty as any artist living, would have delighted himself. The colors of this bird are very unobtrusive. The upper parts brownish-gray, the head spotted with brown, the neck and breast streaked or spotted with grayish-brown. It is a migratory bird and arrives in this country about the middle or end of May, remaining with us till about the middle of October, by which time the flies on which it leaves have generally disappeared. Its mode of taking its winged prey is curious. Seated, stock still, in a twig, it darts or glides off at the sight of an insect, like the bird of our picture, and seizes it with a little snapping noise then returns to its perch ready for more, and so on, incessantly darting out and returning to the same spot 
till it has satisfied its hunger or moves off to another twig to commence the same pursuit when they have young the number of flies consumed only by one little family must be amazing it is recorded in one instance that a pair of fly catchers beginning to feed their nestlings at 5 and 20 minutes before 7 in the morning and continuing their labor till 10 minutes before 9 at night supplied them with food that is to say with flies no less than 537 times the gentleman who made these observations says before they fed their young they alighted upon a tree for a few seconds and looked round about them by short jerks they usually caught the winged insects sometimes they ascended into the air and dropped like an arrow at other times they hovered like a hawk when set on its prey they drove off most vigorously all kinds of small birds that approached their nest as if bidding them to go and hunt in their own grounds where there were plenty of flies for them sometimes they brought only one fly in their bills sometimes several and flies of various sizes this bird seems to become attached to particular localities where he finds himself conveniently situated and undisturbed mr muddy mentions in his feathered tribes that a pair of these birds had nested in his garden for 12 successive years what is the length of life of a fly catcher i cannot say but probably if they were not the same birds they would be their descendants birds hatch there and consequently at home the reverend j g wood also speaks of the same locality having been used by this bird for 20 successive years and he supposes that the young had succeeded to their ancestral home he gives also an interesting account of the commencement of a nest building by this bird he says that the female who seems to be generally the active builder placed in the first instance a bundle of fine grass in some conveniently forked branches and after having picked it about for some time as if regularly shaking it up she seated herself in the middle of it and there spinning herself round and round gave it its cup like form she then fetched more grasses and after arranging them partly round the edge and partly on the bottom repeated the spinning process a few hairs and some moss were then stuck about the nest and neatly woven in the hair and slender vegetable fibers being the thread so to speak with which the moss was fastened to the nest mr muddy also speaking of their nest building says that in one instance which came under his notice the bird began at 7 o'clock on a tuesday morning and the nest was finished in good time on friday afternoon this was certainly rapid work mr yarrell says that the he bird brings the materials to the hen who makes use of them which is stated as a general fact by michelet and that in constructing her nest the little fly catcher after she had rounded it into its first form moves backwards as she weaves into it long hairs and grasses with her bill continually walking round and round her nest this however 
can only be when the situation of the nest will allow of her passing around it. Our flycatcher's nest and the nest of our picture are placed as a little bed close to the wall and in such situations, the nest has sometimes no back but simply the lining. A very favorite place with the flycatcher for her nest is the hole in a wall, the size of a half brick in which the builder fixed the spar of his scaffolding and omitted to fill up when he had finished. In these convenient little nooks, the flycatcher's nest fills the whole front of the opening but had seldom any back to it. From all this, I think it is clear that the flycatcher is, in her arrangements, guided by circumstances. Only in every case, her little home is as snug as it can be. End of chapter 15